morning, everybody. How are we doing? It's good to see you all. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share a testimony that's sort of been going for the last month. Um, about a month ago, I felt really convicted, um, Marco and I both, that whilst we were praying for things, we were sort of praying one way, but talking another way, um, specifically in relation to the business. So we were praying for one thing, but we were saying something else with our mouths on many occasions. And, you know, God brought me back to that verse in James, which says, you know, any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. But, you know, if he's going to ask, let him not be double-minded. Don't be tossed around by the wind. You know, you need to be purposeful about what you're asking and what you're saying. And um, Marco Long, many, many months ago, had bought a, a book called Decree by um, Patricia King. And um, I decided, well, our words need to line up with what we're saying. In fact, what I've learned, I think, over that month is it's not only our words need to line up with that, but that previously we were praying about a lot of situations. And what I'm really beginning to understand is that if we know that we are praying God's will, we don't even have to pray to ask. We can decree it. And so it's not like a manipulation because you know that you're asking God for his will. It's, you know, not, it's not like you're manipulating things and you're just decreeing whatever you want. But you know that God has put something you know, in, your, in your life or a situation and he's given you that, what he wants in that situation. And so it's like you don't have to keep asking. You just have to start decreeing it. And so what we've been starting to do is to get up every day and start to decree the things that we know God has already given us and has already said to us, instead of asking, asking, and then sometimes, you know, talking against it, we're starting to decree that stuff. And I just wanted to say thank you to God too for that revelation because we really have started to see a real turnaround in quite a few different situations where, um, as I say, where we were previously talking one way, praying another way, now decreeing and talking in a different way. And it's, yeah, some real changes happening. So thank you. Thank you, God, for that revelation. Amen. Well, I wasn't sure whether I just let the worship go, but I felt in my heart the Lord was saying just to share a few things. And pretty much that's what she's been shared. So let's move on. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. I don't know for anybody with eyes to see if you can't see what the Spirit is doing. Uh, anybody see what the Spirit is doing? Only two, three can see. The rest of you can't. You got to pray for your sight. See, the funny thing is um, a lot of us, we are like uh, the sisters to Lazarus. Anybody remember their names? Mary and Martha. Their brother died. Do you remember their brother Lazarus died? 
And then Jesus turns up how many days late? Huh? Four days, three, four days late. And then uh, one of the sisters says, Jesus, only if you have been here three days earlier. Are you people listening? Only if you had been here three days earlier. Thanks, I know. I'll talk to you. You really want to listen? Jesus, only if you'd been here earlier, my brother would be okay. She believed Jesus could have performed a miracle three days ago, but just not today. She had complete faith and confidence in Jesus that three days ago, he would perform a miracle. And then Jesus says, no, he's not dead. He's just asleep. He'll raise and then the other sister said, yes, Master, we know he'll raise when the resurrection comes. So one sister is believing that Jesus would have performed a miracle three days ago. And the other sister is fully convinced that Jesus will perform the miracle in the future. And none of them could believe Jesus enough that he could perform a miracle that day and then. And I feel this is where a lot of us are. We're believing Jesus for three days ago, and we're believing Jesus for the future, but we do not have enough conviction to believe him for today. See, and the point in how he strongly introduces himself in Revelation is that he is the same yesterday. What that means is the same very things that you are convinced and believe and persuaded that you could do in your life three days ago. Apparently, he can do when? Today. And the same things that you have persuaded and convinced that he can do tomorrow, he can also do today. So, if you and I can come to a place of aligning our hearts with his truth, we may just step into an incredible place of breakthrough. Because if God really, really loves you that much, 
and is that much committed to you and me, it means the problem is not on his end. The problem will be somewhere. Somewhere south of where he is. Any ideas where the problem might be? Maybe the problem might be with you. Okay. Now, what would be possibly the problem? Do we all believe? Yes, we believe. If we didn't believe... We probably wouldn't be here this morning. So probably believing is not the issue. Does that sound right? Because we all believe. So maybe believing is not the problem. Do we pray? Maybe praying is not the problem. And the most incredible thing, actually, in the whole Christian walk, you know what the most incredible thing is? Is that God has already made provision for everything we need, we are going to need, and we will ever need. Anybody believes that? It's straight out of the Bible. Here's one of the verses. Old favorite, I've been leaning on you. You know what I've increasingly coming to discover lately is that the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know much. So, I really envy people that say, been there, done that. I wish I could say that. Because the more I've been there, the more I realize I really haven't. (laughs) The more I do that, the more I realize, actually. (laughs) And the more I experience the anointing of God, the more I realize I need more. Because every level of revelation I'm walking into, it is leading me to a place of greater awareness of my inadequacy and deficiency in me. 
So if you're feeling like that, just want to encourage you that you're in good company. So I was looking at Romans chapter 12. Okay? Verse 3. Listen carefully because I do not intend to talk long. For by the grace given me. Okay? What is given me? What is given you? So what, do, what is the one thing we all agree we have? Grace. Okay? So this is the sweetness of God where he just levels the playing field for everybody. So by the grace given to him and to us, we all have been given a certain level of grace. That's cool. All right? What have you been given? Grace. What do you have? Grace. Do you really understand that that far? You got grace. Right? Shall we move on? For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. What shouldn't you do? Okay, which means we're either thinking ourselves a little bit way too high than we really are. The majority of us do the opposite. Think of ourselves way too low of ourselves than we really are. So whether you're thinking of yourself like you're the scum of the earth or you're the king of the castle, it is equally bad. Okay? Okay? So none of us is worse than anybody and none of us is better than anybody. So that's one of the things we are being taught there. Okay? But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith given to you. Okay, what is the second thing you've been given here? Okay. So, what's the good news? The good news is each one of us has been given a measure of faith. What that means is there is nobody in this room who is without any faith at all. Okay? That's clear, right? So, each one in this room has been given what? A measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. So what that tells me is whatever issues and struggles we are having, faith is not the problem because you already got some. Okay? So prayers is not the problem because you already got prayers. Believing is not the problem because we all believe. Faith is definitely not an issue because we already got some faith. And the most incredible thing is in the kingdom of God to do anything that has to be done doesn't take much faith. It only takes mustard seed faith to move mountains. 
Okay? How much faith does it take to move mountains? Mustard seed faith. And how much faith do you have? A measure. Meaning, you all have more than a mustard seed faith. You actually have a big scoop of it. A measure of it. A scoop of faith. You got that. You got bucket loads of faith. Okay, Jenny? You got a scoop, a bucket loads of faith. That's pretty cool. So if you are starting a journey, you are pretty much starting this race at the finish line. You've cheated. You're like uh, the hare and the tortoise race where the tortoise just uh, hides at the finish line. And the hare knocks himself out. Okay? So there's a few things I want you to understand. Number one is we've already been given a measure of faith. Okay? Do we understand that? I'd like you to understand. So... uh, if I'm speaking Swahili here, make, tell me that you didn't understand that. Okay? We've all been given a measure of faith. So we all have faith. That's the number one thing you've been given. Here is the number two thing. Everything that you need for both life and godliness has already been provided to us in Christ Jesus. What's the second thing you've been given? Everything. I don't know. If you people really understood that, you wouldn't be quiet on me. You've been given everything, both for life and godliness. Okay, how much have you been given? Everything. Has been lavished upon us. Say it again, those of you. One, two, three. Everything that has been changed has already been lavished upon us as the love gift from heaven to Father. All because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, so are you following here? Okay. Over here, you've been given a measure. Over here, you've been given everything and anything that you ever need in this life and you ever need in the life to come. Meaning you are lacking in what? I'm still trying to figure out what our problems are. Anybody understand the disparity 
of where you are positionally standing in Christ and naturally standing in yourself. There is a huge gap. Now, the thing about this huge gap is God cannot do any more for you than he's already done. I don't know if somebody understands this. God cannot do any more for you than he's already done. Because how much has he done? Everything. What's there left to be done? Nothing. And somehow, somewhere, somebody wakes up at three in the morning, bullying God to do stuff is already done. And they call that faith. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like me hounding Nicole for the next 12 years asking her to marry me. (laughs) Isn't that how ridiculous that would be? Now, here's the issue. I think it's Romans 9 says, With your heart, you believe. And because you believe with your heart, you are justified. Okay? With your heart, you believe. What is faith? Let's cut through all the theological jargon you've ever learned. Faith is believing. Okay? Faith is believing. And where do you believe? In your heart. And because you believe in your heart, you are justified. What does that mean? Because you believe in your heart, you are made right with God. Okay? Why are we right with God? Because we believe. Is that simple enough yet? Okay? This is a two-stage process. With your heart, you believe and you are justified, but with your mouth, you confess and are saved. Did anybody understand that? Believing in your heart does not bring salvation. Just like believing that God can heal you is not going to release healing. Just like being completely persuaded that God is a provider is not going to release provision. It puts you in a good place with God. It puts you in a place of right standing with God. But it does not usher you in a place of breakthrough. Okay? 
I watched a little old video clip of Oral Roberts say, one man during the prayer line came to him and said, Brother Roberts, I've got all the faith in the world. That's a very good statement to tell the man of God if you're believing for healing. And Brother Robert says, that's your problem right there. The problem is you've got all the faith in the world. That you can have all the faith in the world, it will never do you any good until you actually release your faith into something you are contending and believing for. Anybody get that? Faith contained in you is potential. It is stored energy. Faith released is kinetic energy. That's the energy that brings power and transformation in circumstances around. Does that make sense? For more of those science words, you can talk to Tony. Okay? So going back to Romans, with your heart you believe and are justified, but with your mouth you confess and are saved. Okay? Let's break that down a little bit better. What is the word saved means? Nothing missing, nothing broken, perfect in every way. Okay? So let's roll it back again. With your heart, you believe and are justified, which means you are made right with God. You are put in a place of good standing with God. But with your mouth, when you declare, when you proclaim, when you speak it, when you release what is within you to the outside of you, you become perfect, whole, and nothing missing, and you become perfect in every way. Come on, you can give a better cheer than that. That was good teaching. Okay, so the place that God wants us to is to move from a place where we just contain our faith to a place where we can release our faith. Okay, so the point here is uniting your faith with your need. Because most often our faith is disengaged from our need. So our faith in action never moves our need. Does that make sense? Here's the thing. James, where we came from, faith without works is dead. What that means is your faith needs to be working. Your faith needs to be actively engaged in unity with the word of God concerning the promises he's given you. Okay? These are the promises of God that he's given you. And this is the measure of faith he's given you. And in the promises he's given you, everything heaven contains has already been lavishly upon you. That's a promise. And over here, 
He's given you a faith, a measure of faith. It is now coming to unit and agreement that the faith you have actively works towards uniting and agreeing with the promises of God to seeing them released. Matthew 18 says, For whatsoever you shall do what? So there is a place of where whatever we release here on earth is released in heaven. And whatever we bind in the heavens is bound in you on earth. So our faith needs to be alive. And for our faith to be alive, it needs to have, it needs to, to work. Okay? So we're not talking about stopping believing and beginning to work. You see, the thing is, if your faith doesn't have works, it's dead. So that means it's either your faith, okay? That's a cool thing. Nobody is without faith. We all have faith. The difference is some faith is dead, some faith is alive. Did you notice the prayer the disciples prayed? Did they say, Jesus, Lord, give us faith? No, they didn't say, Lord, give us faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. What are they recognizing? They already got some. They just need more. The only thing we don't have that we should ask God for more is wisdom. <laughs> because naturally we have the spirit of stupid. <laughs> God wants us to ask for wisdom. <laughs> Lord, I take authority over this spirit of stupid in Jesus' name. And we release wisdom. <laughs> Ever wondered why we make such dumb choices? There you go. <laughs> now, here's the other key. For us, a man, oh, I just remembered this. I had a dream two days ago. I didn't tell you, Nicole. So, <laughs> I had a dream. It was a very scary dream. It was like we're in this fortress, big high fence, and outside there was war. We could hear guns and bombs and everything happening. And we didn't have any guns or weapons or anything to defend ourselves. It just felt like... Uh, when they get here, we're all going to get slaughtered. And the more I stood there, the noise started getting loud and loud, seeing the smoke pluming up. And we realize this is not a cute, encouraging dream, right? It's terrifying. And I'm terrified, wondering what I'm going to do. And I see this big 
uh, pile of mulch. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go get under the mulch and hide. Yeah, you can laugh. It wasn't you in the dream. It was terrifying. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm getting in that mouch, wood chips, and covering myself. And I'm sitting in there. I bet when they overrun, because at that time, there was a big explosion. And the part of the wall just collapsed. And it's like any time now, their tanks are going to drive in. And I'm hiding in the mouth. I'm like thinking, I bet when they come in, they're going to be shooting through the mouth to make sure there's nobody in there. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, when I'm lying down in the mouth, instead of lying that, I better do that so when they shoot some bullets, they can just go in between my... <laughs> oh, it's a very spiritual moment in my dream. <laughs> and then I'm hiding in that mouth, and then I'm thinking, where is Nicole and the kids? <laughs> and I'm thinking, probably. If they don't shoot me, when that tank that is coming there drives over this mouch, I'll be squashed. Maybe I should just get up and run. So I got out of the bunch of mouch, and I'm running. And I said, oh, there's Nicole and the kids. We're running, and we go to this other quarter. It is still run down. It's like it's been war. And then we hide in this uh, building. Okay, and I'm, we, as we are hiding in the building, I'm thinking, man, all they just have to do is to throw some grenades in here and we'll all be dead. And the moment I finish thinking that, I see two grenades in the building. And I'm like, have you ever been in a place where you say, spoke too soon? That's exactly the situation. And now I'm thinking, now I'm coming to this end, now I'm finishing, and I'm saying, Lord, help. And instantly say, well, you thought anytime they're going to throw some grenades, and they did. So just unthink that they have unthrown the grenades. And I unthought, and the grenades went back. And then I realized that we were in a state of incredible war, and everything that was happening was the fears of everybody manifesting. By the fears... And the things of people, they created the reality of war and panic. So, and then I start telling everybody, 
Stop thinking negative thought. You think that they have gone back. And people changed their thinking and started thinking positively and things started winding back and going back and everything started receding and becoming back to normal. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The world around us is a product of our thought patterns. Is a product of the faith we are releasing. Is a product of the confessions we are making. Is a product of the words we are declaring in any given situation and circumstance. Because your words are spirit. Remember that? Your words are spirit. And they manifest to life whatever you confess. Okay? Your words manifest to life whatever you confess. And this is where the gap is. Because God has already made everything and he's given us a measure of faith. But we've not been aligning our hearts with God in confessing what he has promised. James says, when you pray, you do not receive because you pray amiss. Meaning our prayers are out of step and out of tune with his word for us. So the cool thing that we're invited to is to learn to live in the dimension of his glory. Because where are we? We are seated where? In heavenly places. What that means is you and I are citizens of the heavenly realms. So what we see in the heavenly realms is what we can move to the natural realm. Okay? You, of course, you know you've been watching the X-Men. This is a real invitation to be the real X-Men where you can actually move things from one dimension to the next dimension. Probably one of the favorite movies, sci-fi movies I watch. Anybody seen that movie, Jumper? Yes. Pretty much, that's a call where you can jump things from one atmosphere to the next atmosphere. That's the grace, that's the call. And this is why we are seated in heavenly places. So whatever is lacking in this natural realm is the things that we've not moved from that dimension to this dimension. You hear a lot of talks about, the Lord took me to heaven. I saw the storeroom. Anybody hear such kind of talk? Why on earth is stuff in the storeroom where there's stuff needing here? Anybody figure that? Because somebody has not figured out how to move things from that realm to that realm. Okay? Here's the thing. Maybe I'm just speaking too quick. 
Okay? Where are you seated? Where are you seated? And everything that heaven does what? Okay, too quick. I'm not that smart. Slow, bag it out for me. Okay? We are seated in heavenly places. Where are you? In heavenly places. What's the other scripture? Everything that heaven contains. Where are you? In heaven and everything that heaven contains. Everything contained in the realm where you are seated is dignated for somebody to move it to the earthly realm. Is this too much? You see, Michael, you are already there and everything is there. So because you are already there, the assignment is to move what's there to here. What is the sweet, acceptable religious words we've come up with when heavens invades earth? No, heavens never invades earth. Somebody has to move it from there to the earth. And who better move it? People that are already stationed there. People that are already seated there. And who is that? We already are. So the thing is releasing what's there. See, the cool thing is like when I'm praying and ministering for you guys and releasing the spirit and the anointing. You know the cool thing? Before I pray for you, I try to see it first in the spirit. And when I can see it over you, then I release it over you then I'm not praying a hopeful prayer. I'm actually releasing what I'm seeing. I'm actually moving something from one realm to you. Moving it from glory to you. Removing it from that place to you. I'm not hoping. I'm not begging. I'm seeing it. And then, in my mind, I see it manifest in your life. Making sense? You see, when we can see it in the eyes of our spirit, then it becomes real. If we can't see it, if we can't see Jesus with the eyes of our spirit, Jesus is never real. And we encounter transformational change when Jesus becomes real. To us. When he becomes real to us, that's when we begin to feel his presence. That's when we begin to experience him. That's when his fire is not just a metaphor, but his fire is a reality. So, you got faith and you got everything. And we've received, that's the third thing I'll leave you with. Then you receive power and the what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay? 
Here's a cool thing. If God calls you for something, he anoints you for that thing. What does the word anoint mean? To empower. To give you the ability and the enablement. But the coolest definition is to be furnished with everything necessary for the task he's given you. Okay? So if the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, it means he has already done what? Furnished you with everything you require for the task he's called you to. Okay? You've been furnished with everything. And the only thing missing is acting on the faith, acting on the measure of faith you already have. Okay? The only thing missing needed, Vicky, is acting on the measure of faith you already have. Okay? Disciples looked at the crippled man. They said, pick up your bed and walk. Okay? The healing was already supplied. All he had to do was to act on his faith. Do what? Just get up. So the questions maybe you should be asking God in prayer is, God, how do I act on the faith you've given me concerning this thing in my life? That is a better question. All right? The question we should be asking is, God, how do I act on the measure you've already given me according to this situation in my life? Okay? Because everything is given, the only thing that is required is activating the faith. Okay, is activating the faith, working on the faith, making the faith work. A couple of weeks ago, I felt the Lord wanted to bring financial breakthrough in people. And what I felt people needed to do to activate their faith was what? It was to sow a seed. It was not about getting the money. It was about getting you to activate, act on the faith of what God has already given you. And I've heard incredible testimonies about people having breakthroughs in their finances. So, what are you believing God for? Let's stand. Yes, let's hear it. Sit down. So last week we spoke about what's within me, remember? And the week before that, Sue was talking about what you've been prepared for. And today it's, it's you've got it all already, what you've been prepared for and what's in, what's, in, what's in you. So last night I slept okay, but I woke up early and went back to bed, had another sleep, and I had a dream. And uh, it was the weirdest dream. I was installing a telephone booth 
I've got no idea about that. So I'm installing this telephone booth for this guy. It was a bit shady. I didn't know him. And I finished the booth. I installed the telephone. And I says, oh, you're gonna get, I'm going to get paid. Can you pay me? And he says, oh, yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you the money. So I says, how much is it? And I'm thinking, well, I'm, oh, hang on, I've got to work it out. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $450. Okay. I thought, well, that's good. That's all right. But he gave me $500. And I looked at this $500, and I've never seen money like it before. It said, T-A-B. T-A-B, $100 notes. I think, what the heck are they? So anyway, I, I put them in my pocket, and I was about to go home. And I said, well, I'll just get a, a drink before I leave. So I went... Here's, here's, this guy owned the pub, so I put in the, in the um, telephone booth and I walked into the pub to have one drink so I can spend this money and get proper cash. So I gave him some money, the $100, and I thought, oh, we'll just take the 50 out that you owe me. You know? And then he gave me this change, which was just coins. And I said, what are you doing? I gave you 100 and you're supposed to take the 50 out and give me a lot. And he says, well... That, that's your change, that's what you get. And just then I'm thinking, that's ridiculous. What's going on? I'm getting ripped off. And just as I'm thinking that, I, I, th- these people walked in the pub and pushing me. I pushed them back. I said, what are you doing? And just right then, a guy from school was in the pub. And his name was Wayne Clay. I've never had a fight in my life. No one's ever... Decided to do that, apart from Wayne Clay. So Wayne Clay walks into the pub and pushes me and his mates were there and says, anyway, the fight didn't happen, so I just started talking to him. And then I'm still staggered about this money. And I told Sue the dream. And it made sense today. The only time I was ever afraid to have a fight was Wayne Clay. And me and Wayne Clay were probably about, I played football, he played soccer. He was from England, I was from Australia. It was going to be a big fight. The whole school were coming. (laughs) But it never happened. It just faded away. So there was me saying, how come I'm not getting the money? And fear had come, which is exactly what you were speaking about. The fear came and out of my mouth... Someone's going to rip me off. In actual fact, my father has pronounced that over my life, over his life, his whole life. Someone's going to rip you off. It's a waste of time getting any money because someone will rip it off you. So here I am in fear because of words he's spoken over me, exactly the same thing, because I'm standing, I have more faith than you could imagine. And Sue reminded us this morning that you have authority. And what was the other one? Authority and from Danny, authority and glory. You, Danny said, you have authority and glory. You don't have to ask for, ask for someone to be healed. You just speak it and it happens. I'm thinking, hang on, this is all working out. This is not very good. I'm thinking because of what my father's words over me, I'm thinking this And I have authority, so it's actually happening. 
So I am a living testimony of exactly everything that Charles has said this morning. I'm going, hmm, you dummy. So I reject that stupid faith. And today, I'm, I'm, yeah, and that stupid word my father's spoken. Um, I'm brilliant for figuring it out. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. So what an amazing testimony. For me. I don't care if you like it or not. It's amazing for me. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Today. Yes, sir. Let's pray for these guys. Stretch your hands to us, these guys. Father, I thank you for Tony and Sue and what you've called them to. Father, I thank you for the goodness and your faithfulness to them and over them. Father, I thank you that your word for them is yes and your word to them is amen. Father, we just want to come against any word over them, in them, to them, that is opposed to your word to them and for them in the name of Jesus. Father, any words that comes from the enemy, any words that do not bring life, any words that do not bring fruit, I break them off their lives, I break them off their children, I break them off their grandchildren in Jesus' mighty name. Father, just break every assignment against them. I break every assignment against their fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. And Father, just break the spirit of poverty over your life. See, the spirit of poverty is not about just being poor. The spirit of poverty is working for a lot more for less, working harder for fewer results. Because the nature of sowing is you sow a little bit of seed and you get a great harvest. And it is that spirit that comes to steal the seed that comes to steal the harvest. Father, we break that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, there it goes. See, I could see it to my spirit. Boom. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. You probably come, didn't you? Cha. Secretary now. Just break everything, break everything. Father, I thank you for fruitfulness. Father, I thank you for fruitfulness because the promise of the Lord to you is that you will bear fruit, not just bear fruit, but bear much fruit. Father, I thank you for much, 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 much fruit in your life and in your spirit. And I break the spirit of death. You know, the spirit of death doesn't just kill you. The spirit of death robs you of the blessings 
I just break that off you. And I speak life. And the good thing is that God doesn't just want you to have life. He wants you to have life more abundantly. Because we know what the devil comes to do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Father, we break his works in Jesus' name. As I release fruitfulness, receive fruitfulness. There we go. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Life abundant. Life abundant.